one thing that my mom knew how to do and knows how to do is to pick these phenomenal men of upstanding character in her in her life. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I'm your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And today I happen to be recording this on a day that Right to Know gives their monthly webinar. And it is early December 2020. So if you are listening to this, I'm sorry you already missed the December webinar, but look them up, righttoknow.us. And they have advocacy and education for people that have misattributed parentage experiences. They use the term MPE with an M as in misattributed instead of NPE, but they are still for our same community. So give them a look. I'm sure they will also be recording their webinar that I'm about to go to in about an hour. So I wanted to give a little shout out to Right to Know. But there is no rush for the story that we hear today. Uh, welcome to episode 60. Tila, are you there? I am, Lily. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this today. Hi, Lily. Thanks so much for having me. And even though I said I'm going to the webinar, don't take in any way that is, that is no rush for our time here today. I just want you to know that. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. This is... Um, this is your space and I'm just I'm so grateful that you were patient and and able to do this cuz you are a newer NPE and I think you contacted me in August and it's now December. Yeah. Um, did you just find out this summer that you're an NPE? Is that true? Um, well, yeah, I was going to say it, my story's kind of unique. Um I I I guess I'm a, what maybe you would consider a double NPE. That's right. I was going to say, yeah, that is what we call it, a double NPE. You've, oh, you've been shocked. Yeah. <laughs> multiple, multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, to say the least. So you are talking to us from Texas today, but why don't you, in your own words, um, tell us about your original family and, and where it started and, and take it from take it from there. Sure. Okay, um, my original family, or I guess kind of my first truth, um, was that my mom and my birth certificate father, um, they got married in May of 1982, and then I came along and was born in July of 1982. Um, my parents divorced about six months later, um, and if you ask, I guess, my birth certificate father about the divorce, his from his point of view, he would say my mom just wasn't really ready to settle down, I guess. Um, if you were to ask my mom, I guess she would probably say that my dad was a little controlling. And so it was hard for her. Um, but anyway, in early 1982, my dad fought for, when I say dad, I mean birth certificate father. 
Um, he fought for full custody of me and he won. Um, so I really never lacked for love or felt rejected by my birth certificate father or his family. Um, I was, to my knowledge, my uh, birth certificate father's only child. Um, I was my grandma's favorite. Uh, they never did or said anything that made me feel like I didn't belong. But at the same time, I just, I guess I just didn't feel like I fit in. Um, but around the time I was five, I guess my mom gave off the impression that she had kind of settled down. And at the time my mom had remarried, um, and she was married to my stepdad and they were pregnant with my little brother. Um, my mom wanted me to live with her. And like I said, I guess my dad felt comfortable enough to let me live with her then. Um, so I was living at about five. I lived with my mom, my stepdad and my little brother. Um, but my birth certificate father, he has always played a huge role in my life. Uh, he would literally come over every single day to visit me or to help me with my homework. Um, but anyway, when I was about, or about seven years after my little brother was born, my mom and my stepdad were having marital issues and they decided that they were going to have a baby to try to <laughs> save their marriage. Um, yeah. And, and that didn't work. Um, mm -hmm. but a little bit about my mom. She had a very hard childhood and upbringing and I love her dearly. Um, she's always struggled with drugs and alcohol. So, you know, I, we all had a pretty rough childhood, me and my siblings. Um, and she also had pretty much no contact with her family growing up um, as we grew up. So it was a very, very small, you know, family. Um, my dad and his family are Native Americans. Um, they all have that thick, dark hair, brown eyes, and this beautiful almond-colored skin. Um, and my maiden name is White Moon. So very, very Native American. Um, at the start of school, you know, like when your teachers start to take role and everything, they'd get to my name and they'd say, you know, Tila White Moon. And this little fair skinned, blonde haired, green eyed white girl, you know, raises her hand. And I'm like, here. And all of the teachers replied with White Moon, you know, is that Native American? And I would proudly say yes. Um, they'd always reply with, well, you don't look very Native American. And then eventually I just kind of came up with the reply of, you know, I guess I got all of my strong German genes from my mom. Um, and then come to find out, like after all the ancestry tests, I'm not really even German at all. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but another funny story that I've heard like a lot of NPEs talk about is the dominant versus recessive traits in biology class. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being in biology and we're going over eye color and how it gets passed down. And I'm thinking, well, my mom has brown eyes and my dad has brown eyes. How do I have green eyes? And so I ask my teacher, and then my best friend at the time, he shouts out, it's called the milkman. And, oh, no. And at the time, I mean, and I got so upset with him, of course, at the time. And, and now, now we can have a good laugh about it, you know. But mm -hmm. it's one of those stories that, you know, it, I guess I've kind of, there's always been this, I kind of, I think I've always known without really knowing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so about the time that I'm 16 though, my mom gets into this huge knockdown drag out fight with my stepdad. 
Um, and she walks out on him, my brother and my sister. And, you know, I kind of, I went with her. Um, but I guess that was a, a turning point. And then I guess that brings me to kind of my second truth. And this is just for time, it was about 2001. Um, so we didn't really have, there were no real ancestry DNA tests, no at-home tests or anything. But um, I was about 19 at the time. And my mom wanted to finalize her divorce to my stepdad. They still hadn't finalized it yet. Um, but she was also wanting to fight for custody and for child support. And my stepdad was just offended <laughs> and pissed off, you know. Um, and he was venting to me on the phone. And of course, I'll always remember what he, how he said it. But, you know, he was telling me, you know, Tila, your mom, she's just not a good person. She likes to come in and just completely destroy anyone and everyone's life that she comes in contact with. She's even been keeping a big secret from you that would just rock your entire world if you were to find out. And Lily, I just, at that moment, I just knew. Like, a light bulb went off. You know, we weren't, it, this. he was just venting about my mom, but I knew. And it wasn't really a question to my stepdad. I just said, my dad's not my biological father, is he? And my stepdad, he didn't really, he wouldn't answer me, but you know, I mean, you really don't have to in that situation. It would be a, are you crazy? What are you talking about? But that's not what I got, you know? Um, so when I went and I talked to my mom, she told me that my biological father's name was Dean. And she gave me his last name and some other information about him. And <clears throat> she offered to help me do whatever she could to help find him if and when I wanted to. Um, but she told me about how when she got pregnant, she told Dean. And he told her that he just wasn't interested in either one of us because he was engaged to another woman. So then from what my mom told me, she went to my dad, my birth certificate father, and she told him that she was pregnant. Um, and he told her, well, um, it can't be mine because I was in Vietnam and I was exposed to Agent Orange. And so I'm medically sterile. So then my mom told my birth certificate father that she was going to consider having an abortion. Um, he told her not to, um, begged her, you know, in fact, to not and told her that he would marry her that they would have me as their child and they would raise me as their own. And they swore to each other to never tell me. Um, so um, when I went and talked to my dad about it, I wasn't really angry. You know, um, like I told you, a light bulb went off. A lot of things to me made sense. Why I didn't feel like I fit in, you know, why I was just a different, I don't know, you know, how, how it feels. I just, I didn't feel like I fit in. And so mm -hmm. when I, like I said, when I talked to my dad, I wasn't mad. I was more grateful. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember telling him that I knew he wasn't my biological father in as loving of a way as I could. And I'll never forget the look on his face. Like he looked brokenhearted. Um, but I think it was more for me than for himself. Mm -hmm. He cried and I cried. Um, he assured me that he loved me more than anything in this world, that I was by far the best thing that could have ever happened to him and that I would always be his daughter. 
He even offered to take a DNA or paternity test back then um, because he said that there, there might not be a big chance, but there was still a chance, you know, that he was my dad or biological father, I should say, because he'll always be my dad. Um, and I, looking back on it, I don't think I ever wanted to take that test while he was alive because I didn't want to have to confirm to him what I already knew in my heart to be true. And I didn't want to break my dad's heart. You know, I knew that that little teeny 1% chance meant everything to him. And it was what he could, you know, what he could believe. And so I was, I was okay with that. Um, but finding out to me when I was 19, it was more affirming than anything. Um, I don't really remember it being earth shattering or devastating to me. It was just to me an aha kind of a moment. Um, but I, and I never asked my mom for help in finding Dean because I mean, I had a great dad and you know, why reach out to a man who had already rejected me once, you know? Yeah. Um, so that I guess kind of leads me to my current truth. (laughs) Um, and I, this was in May of 2020 and my birth certificate father had passed away almost 10 years ago. Um, and at the time I'm almost 38, I have three biological sons and I'm engaged to an amazingly supportive man. Um, we're a couple months into this whole crazy shelter in place pandemic thing. And I get this wild idea to just shake some things up and to take an ancestry DNA test. (laughs) Why not? Right. (laughs) The world, the world's going crazy. Why not add, you know, a little bit to it? (laughs) Yep. Um, so I figured though, going into this, I really didn't have much interest in contacting Dean. So if I did match with him, I wasn't quite sure what I would do with that, but I was hoping to possibly match with like a half sibling out there from him so that maybe I could find out some family health history. So I take the test, I send it in. And then ironically enough, my results come in the day after father's day. Um, it's five 30 in the morning and I get an email from ancestry telling me that I have DNA matches and I'm one of those. I didn't care about my ethnicity. I went straight to the matches. Like, you know, let's, let's see what this holds. Um, and it was crazy because when I logged in, I see, and I now know how rare this is, but I had two parent child matches. My first match was with my mom who had taken an ancestry test before. So I was expecting that, of course. And then I also matched with a man named John, not Dean. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I was shocked, of course. Um, Floored. I didn't know what was going on. Um, So I gave myself. I'm one that I can't, I have to act quick. So I gave my, I gave myself a couple hours to let that kind of soak in. And then I called my mom. Um, We made small talk and then I kind of get to the point where I talk about the ancestry test. And I told her, well, mom, the good news is that you're my mom. Um, (laughs) And I also matched with a man named John is my biological father. And she was said, no, his name's Dean. 
And I was like, no, mom, like, that's what I'm saying. My biological father's name is John. Um, so she is clearly shocked, um, speechless, you know, doesn't know what to say, but she does keep telling me that she has never had a relationship with a man named John. And this goes on probably for a couple of days. And I, I finally tell her like, that's fine. You may not have been in a relationship with a man named John mom, but at one point you had relations at least with a man named John. I mean, this is science. And of course you go through that, you know, like is, did they mix my test up? You know, but I matched with her. So how, what are the chances of me matching with my, you know, it's, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I sent her the photograph that was posted on ancestry and my mom, God bless her, but she rarely thinks before she speaks. And this comment really hurt. Um, but she said, I'm sorry, honey, but I just don't see much of you in him. And that just cut me to the core because it felt like she was saying that I didn't fit in there either. After I had spent my whole life, you know, with this man who loved me and adored me, but I still didn't feel like I fit in there either. Mm. So, um, and then, because she's not very good with boundaries, she actually asked me to reach out to John and to ask him if he would call her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is before I had any conversations with him. So I kind of had to set some boundaries there. And mom, no, I'm not, you know, I said, I, this man, from what you're telling me, had no clue that I existed. I'm not going to reach out to him and be like, hi, I'm a, your 38-year-old daughter. Can you call my mom? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Um, and honestly, I needed my space a- after that but for me and my mom. It just, she just kept, she kept apologizing and she kept telling me she was sorry. And I kept telling her, mom... I'm not upset with you. I'm not angry at you. I do believe you that when you said Dean was my biological father, that that was who you really believed was my biological father. I believe you. I said, but this is the facts, you know, and and I'm not upset with you. I'm not angry with you. We all have pasts. We all, you know, do things that we may not want, you know, announced as a Facebook status, but it is what it is. So I probably didn't talk to her for about a month. She even tried calling on my birthday, but I couldn't bring myself to answer because honestly, Lily, I just didn't have the energy to pretend that the elephant wasn't in the room. Yeah. So meanwhile, while all this is going on, I'm trying to reach out to John. And when I logged in, like I said, I had John as a, as a parent match. And then right below that, I had another close family match is what they call it. And it just had, it was a female and it just had her initials. So I wasn't quite sure who it was, but it wasn't anyone on my mom's. It said that it was on my father's side. So I wanted to reach out to John first before trying to reach out to anyone else on his list you know, or anyone else that he matched, you know, that I matched with. It was from my paternal side. Um, and I'm assuming that this man knows nothing about me. So I guess to kind of summarize for the first 19 years of my life, I think I'm this blonde haired, green eyed native American. (laughs) 
Um, for the next 19 years of my life, I thought that my biological dad had rejected me and wanted nothing to do with me. And then now I'm finding out that this biological father of mine never knew about me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Tila. Oh, gosh. It was a lot. It was a lot to take in, you know? And yeah. So um, after a few days, I sent a message on Ancestry to John, but his profile had said that he hadn't been on in over a year. So I wasn't really hopeful that that message would be seen. Um, then next I did a Google search and I found some email addresses. None of those worked. It all came back undeliverable. Um, and some phone numbers. Those didn't work either. (laughs) I found him on Facebook. Um, I sent him a message and I didn't get a reply, but then again, you know, that all the new, you know, messages from someone you're not friends with get sent to that other folder. So yeah, yeah. My last attempt I figured would be con, uh, would be writing him a letter. And the letter that I found online, the address seemed, you know, fairly recent. And he lives about an hour and a half from me. So not far at all. (laughs) Um, So I spent a while, longer than I, I probably should have, but, you know, going over this letter and obsessing over what I should include, what I shouldn't include. But Um, I wrote a letter explaining the first part of my life and just how I found out when I was 19 that my dad wasn't my biological dad. Um, And then I gave him just some basic information about me. And I told him that I just wanted to talk. You know, I explained that from what I could gather from my mom, he had no idea I existed. Um, So I wasn't angry. I wasn't bitter. um, And I left my, you know, my contact information and I put the letter in the mailbox um, on Wednesday, July 22nd, and then um, Friday, July the 24th, I get a missed call from his area code, and that's it all got real, <laughs> real quick, um, and I checked my voicemail, and he left me a voicemail that said something like, hey, Tila, this is John. I just got your letter today, and... Um, I'm trying to figure some things out. So if you could call me back, that would be okay. And Lily, I don't think I've ever been as nervous as I was then in that Mm -hmm. moment calling him back. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know him. I didn't know how to read his voice. And, you know, like I, I had no clue, of course, what was on the other line. So I call him back, and if I can be honest, I'm expecting denial and more rejection, but, I mean, what can you do now? Um, He answered the phone, and he tells me that he's put me on speakerphone, and he is sitting next to his wife on the couch. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, so then, you know, the nerves shot up even more, Um, and and I basically, I just... I had intentionally left my mom's name out of the letter. Um, So he started off by asking me what my mom's name was. Um, And I told him her name. He then tells me like, I'm really sorry, but I don't remember a woman named Lisa. And I was like, that's okay. Like, it's understandable. You know, like my mom doesn't remember you either, (laughs) you know? Hmm. Um, But I told her his name. Um, And then he explained to me that him and his wife got married in 1979. Um, Then they separated towards the end of 1981, which is around my conception. And they Mm -hmm. divorced in June 
1982, which was just a month before I was born. Um, then they end up getting back together shortly after their divorce and they eventually remarried. So he is currently married. Yes. To the, to the woman that he was separated oh. from when he met my mom and my conception occurred. Does that make I sense? get it. Yes. Okay. So you were conceived when he was broken up with her, but then he remarried yes. her. With, yes. Okay. Without knowing about me at all, of course. Yeah. Um, and he said when he first read my letters, he thought like it was a joke or a scam or something. Um, but he said the more that he read it, the more he thought about it. And the more that the dates added up and made sense. Um, so while we were on the phone and we were on the phone for probably two hours that first night, um, we sent photos back and forth and the resemblance just to, it took my breath away. Um, I finally found out where I got my nose from and my smile and my dimples and <laughs> just so much. It felt amazing. But I also was, I still kind of felt guarded because this was not at all what I was expecting, you know? Hmm. Um, so he goes, he answers any questions that I have. He tells me that I actually have two half sisters, one that's older, um, one that's younger. Um, and his wife, while we were on the phone had asked if we should take a blood DNA test next, because she said that she thought they were more accurate. Um, and I wasn't offended because at that point I probably had had about a month or so to process all of this while I was trying to, to find out how to get in contact with them. So I had all of this extra time to Google all of these questions, you know, about like the validity of these test results. And, and I knew, you know, that there's really never been an instance where someone had a 100% parent child match and it, they tested somewhere else and it turned out to be inaccurate, you know? Yeah. But you know, this they're finding out that they've got an a 38-year-old daughter, you know, so I was like, of course, you know, we'll we'll take whatever test you guys want to take. Um yeah. But yeah, I, so we talked like I said we talked for almost 2 hours, um and we agreed that we'd look into taking a blood test and that we would meet up in the future. And they were just so open and honest, caring and welcoming that it, it blew me away. But at the same time, I recognized that if I were in that same position, I would probably be a lot the same. And I'm also very open and honest and caring. And, you know, just, I saw so much of myself in them in that first, just two hours of talking on the phone. Um, but he had told me that he wished he had known sooner um, he looked forward to getting to know me and my family better. And then he mentioned how he now needed to tell his other two daughters. Um, so we get off the phone and I, I, I don't know who, you know, what to think or to say, cause it's just, it's not bad at all. It's just all so overwhelming. Um, and a couple hours later, I get a friend request on Facebook from my older sister, my older half sister. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And the next day I get a phone call from John and I was in the middle of putting up groceries. So um, I asked if I could call him back. And I also kind of needed to gather my thoughts because 
again, if I'm being honest with you, I was afraid that he had changed his mind, that he was now going to be skeptical or deny or reject me again, you know. Um, but it was the absolute opposite. He called and he said that he hadn't slept much that night before um, and that he kept going over things in his head. And he said that he knows he had no clue about me, but he needed me to know that had he known about me, as soon as he learned about me, he would have done anything in his power to have made sure that he was in my life. Um, yeah, he said he wishes he had known sooner, but he, he just he can't wait to meet me. He said when he went to my older sister's house, um, she immediately logged into Ancestry because he hadn't even logged into Ancestry. He just took my letter as, <laughs> as, as truth and called. Um, but he went to my older sister's house. They logged into Ancestry, and she was that close match that I was telling you about. Um, and when John showed her pictures of me, she said, Dad, that is my sister, and that is your daughter. And their entire family has been that way, Lily. Their entire family has just been there. It's not their family. It's my family. Yeah. They've been so loving and welcoming and open. It's, it's been wild um, and amazing. That is so sweet. I'm extremely blessed. Um, one thing that my mom knew how to do and knows how to do is to pick these phenomenal men of upstanding character in her, in her life, you know, and I have an amazing um, dad who raised me. I have an amazing biological father that I'm still getting to know. And, and I have a fantastic, I have two fantastic stepfathers. So I consider myself very, very, very blessed in, in the father, in the dad department. It really sounds like you are. Yeah. Wow. And I have to tell you one thing that I found out after doing these ancestry tests and looking into my, my family's history that blew me away. Um, and this I didn't include in the email. This is stuff that I had found out not too long ago, but since sending you that initial email, um, I was, you know how you have your ancestry tree, you have your family trees on ancestry. Mm -hmm. And I felt, it felt odd not having my birth certificate father on there. So I decided to go ahead and to make a family tree with my birth certificate father because of all of his Native American heritage. And I wanted to get to know more about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this may get a little confusing. So if I have to, if you have to, questions or anything, feel free. But okay. um, so the story that I was told growing up with my birth certificate father is that they're Native American and their last names are White Moon. And that when my grandparents, my birth certificate father's parents um, bought a meat market, they decided to change their name from White Moon to White so that they could appear to be Caucasian instead of Native American because they felt that by owning a meat market, and this is a story I was told, but by by owning a meat market, they would be more reputable as being Caucasian versus being Native American. 
Mm-hmm. And my birth certificate father, being the rebel that he is, they told he told me, his mom told me, everyone, that um, as he got older, he wanted to reclaim who he was. And so he decided to change his name back to White Moon. And so that's where our name is from. And so I'm doing all of this research on his family. And Lily, I'm not finding any... Not no Native Americans, but also no white moons. So, in doing a little more digging and reaching out to a couple more people on both sides, on his maternal and his paternal side, I've reached out to to some of his close family members who have told me that no, there's no Native American on either side, and that they believe that my birth certificate father got the last name White Moon from when he was in a band in the 70s. And so he used that stage name and then took that stage name on. And so, yeah, here I am now at 38 years old. I had lost my birth certificate father like 10 years ago. And I feel like I'm losing him all over again. Mm-hmm. these stories that he had told me growing up. And I, I, I don't think I'll ever get a real answer as to why, but I feel like, well, they're not true. I know they're not true, but I feel like I'm losing who I thought my birth certificate father was his identity. Like who he would tell me stories, you know, about being a native American and, and then come to find out, I don't, those stories don't seem to be true. And to me, in all of this, as odd as this was, finding that out has affected me more, I believe, emotionally than maybe even the whole MPE thing. Oh, I could see that completely. Okay. You were, you were raised as a child with these, I mean, that was your culture, your heritage, the stories you got from him. And well, one, finding that out with the first MPE experience, but then also just your belief of who your father was and the story. Yeah, that would be, that would, that would be very earth shattering to me too. If I found that out, Make, yeah. it would, yeah. Cause that was your whole belief. Was that, yeah. System. Yes. Yes. So that, and, and, and he's no, you he said he's been, he's passed for 10 years now. Yeah. Right. So you can't ask him. No. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other thing, because I like to, you know, I'm the type of person I like to really take, I'm feeling this feeling and why am I feeling this, you know? And when I found out about my birth certificate father, that hit me real hard. And I kept asking myself, why does, is this bothering me so much? And I think the reason is that while I do not agree with their choice to lie to me about my birth certificate father being my father, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it. I can still understand why, you know, there's still, you know, I can see the reasoning behind it, but with, with this whole uncovering of a truth, I don't under, I cannot reason it, you know, I can't find a real reason as to why. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard for 
for you, for so many people, when we have these questions and we already have parents that have passed, that is, I, my mind would be blown too. I would want to know why too. Yeah. And you said both your mom and birth father, they really don't remember meeting each other or that's what the, you know, they don't remember conceiving you. No. Um, my mom definitely does not. She took his photo and, and, um, shared it with some of her friends that she was really close to at the time and was like, do y'all remember this man? And they, none of her friends do. Um, he did say later, I believe he was talking with my fiance and he said that he thinks he vaguely remembers her. Um, kind of okay. him, but the belief it, I, what we can come up with is that they probably met up at a bar in Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably a drunken or, yep. or like you had mentioned, drug induced evening. Yes. And yes, got it. Yeah. Got it. So, so many of us are conceived this way, I believe. Right. Right. And and I I see in a lot of the the groups that we're in, in MPE groups that we're in, um, some people kind of feel shame in that way, and and I can understand you know why they feel that way, but for me it to me I think it I see it in the opposite way I I kind of view it as there is clearly a reason that we're here for mm-hmm. for some crazy chance encounter. You know, um, I really feel that there is a purpose in my being here and I find beauty in it. I do too. I love your, I love your new connection with your, your family and how, how is all that going? I mean, obviously they've welcomed you with open arms. Yes, it's, it's been great. Um, we have met, we've all, um, I, we went over to meet John and his wife, Annette, and I call her my bonus mom and I call John my dad. Um, yeah, we, and we showed up, I brought flowers for my bonus mom and I brought a balloon and it's a girl balloon for (laughs) my dad. (laughs) Um, That's cute. Yeah. And, and he's got the same sense of humor as me. Um, it was, I took my fiance and my three boys And, um, like my fiance said, it was wild sitting there and seeing your people, you know, he goes, they look like you, um, they act like you. Um, there was a point where John had got kind of animated about something and he was kind of like, he talks with his hands and so do I. And, and he started kind of like (laughs) pointing his fingers to his chest while he was trying to get this point across. And I do that all the time. There's times where I'll, if I'm really angry or upset or something and I'm, I'm doing the same thing, a couple of days later, I'll have like little teeny tiny bruises, you know, where I'm poking at myself. So I just those weird things. I have, I have odd fingernails. I don't know how to explain it, but my middle fingernails kind of, instead of growing out like a normal nail, they'll go out maybe a half an inch and then they start curving down pretty drastically. Uh-huh. And um, that was one of my questions. I said, hey, um, do your nails do this real funky thing? And he was like, yep, I got to keep them cut real short. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, wow. It, it's, it has been great, you know, finding those connections and 
And it, again, like the puzzle pieces fitting and understanding why I felt so out of place, you know, with my birth certificate father and them growing up. Well, they weren't a lot like me because we didn't, you know, we didn't share DNA. It didn't mean that they didn't love me and that I didn't love them. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to fit in, you know. I, what I wish, I wish that I would have known this whole time because growing up feeling like you don't fit in, at least with me, I blamed myself for that. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I could only be thinner like them, or if mm-hmm. I could only, you know, be somebody that I wasn't, but I didn't know that I couldn't because it's not in my DNA. Why do you think your mom told you that this, with this first NPE revelation um, when you were a teen, that, that was it Dean? That Dean. Dean was your father. Why did she tell you that? I think because she truly believed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that Dean, from what I gather from talking to her, Dean was more of the main guy, I suppose, that she was seeing at the time. Um, and maybe my birth certificate father just maybe on the side every now and then, even though it's from what it sounds like, my mom was this guy's side chick, you know, he was already engaged Dean. Um, but yeah, I believe she told me because she, I mean, it was her truth. She knew in her heart that if it's not my birth certificate father, then it's Dean. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Dean was a real person yeah. and yep. That was in her life. Okay. Got it. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. You didn't meet your birth father family earlier as well, but I'm, I'm happy for you with your, with your new connection. Yeah, me too. And I think there's a lot of sadness for him as well, for my birth father, for John. Um, a strange sense of almost mourning for all of this 38 years of my life that he wasn't a part of. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he also understood what's very neat. Um, what, and I respect a lot is that he also understands though, that if it weren't for the life that I had with my birth certificate father, I definitely wouldn't be the woman that I am today. And I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and so that is comforting to me too, you know, that, that he sees that and recognizes that as well. And that has to be hard. I love what you said earlier about how your mom had this, she did pick some outstanding men for your life. And it sounds like that is absolutely true. Yeah. I'm grateful to hurry into them. And if people want to know more about your story, Tila, or if they want to get in touch with you, could they, could they do that? And how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely, Lily. Um, I would say emails probably best. And, um, my email, I'll just, I'll go ahead. It's Tila Pinter and I'll spell that. It's T as in Tom, E-E-L-A, P as in Paul, E-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, E-R at gmail.com. I will put Tila Pinter at gmail.com into the show notes, into the description. If you miss that, you can look at the show description for her email address. And Tila, is there anything else you wanted to include? Not that I can think of, Lily. Thanks again to Tila for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with 
If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.